0: So you followed a girl in yoga pants to yoga, and then you were like, I got to rethink this whole thing.
1: God knows how to speak to me.
0: Hello, everyone. Um, I'm super excited. Today, we're sitting down with fitness and meditation guru, Todd McCullough, as he walks us through how to be more mindful and habit stack our way into a happy and productive life. Um, Before we get into it, I have to say that any and all opinions and views shared by hosts and guests of this podcast are the speaker's own and do not represent the view of Primal Kitchen or its affiliates or parent company. So hi, Todd. How are you?
1: That was a hell of an intro.
0: I know. It's Even
1: got but. the disclaimers in there for all yeah. the attorneys, we're all so that
0: stuff. We're so official. Um, yeah, good to be here with you. I think, God, we haven't really connected. We met, what, three, four years ago at MindBody? Four green.
1: years ago, yeah. MindBody Green.
0: crazy. Um, and you were just kind of exploding on the scene through the Whole30 community with your Mac fitness uh, situation. If yeah, it
1: worked. It worked well with that community. You know, they do Whole 30 does an amazing job, as you guys know, with the food portion, and they were looking for like a fitness partner, and we provide the home workout, So it was a, it was a good blend.
0: That's fabulous. So um, before we get into like more about what TMac is, like why don't you back me up and just like where are you from? How did you get into fitness in the first place? Like you have a pretty interesting story, so I want to hear more about that.
1: Yeah, it's definitely uh not the normal path. So I grew up in a small town called McClinney in North Florida. So if you look at Jacksonville on the map and go about 40 miles west in the middle of nowhere, like right on the Florida Georgia line, uh, that's where I'm from. A lot of dirt roads. And you know, I always say we usually Get pretty good at it, I, you know. It typically, college football on Saturdays and Jesus on Sunday. Not a lot of yoga, and that was kind of my childhood. I dedicated my life to football and was fortunate to go play for the University of Florida, which at the time was the number one team in the country. Um, and then during that process, I had like five surgeries. I was, you know, after football, I was waking up just hurting in the morning. And I'm an athlete, and I have to move my body, and I couldn't go to the gym anymore just because the pounding and everything, just bone on bone, all the surgeries. So I was looking for a way to move uh, and sweat. And fast forward, I was working in finance, believe it or not, as a financial advisor at Merrill Lynch. I always joke and say I'm probably the only personal trainer I know of the Series 7. Um, not something I'm too proud of. But, uh, yeah, so I was in L.A. and honestly followed a hot girl and wearing Lululemon pants to yoga class. And I was like, oh, this feels good. So that was the beginning of the yoga story.
0: Love it. So wait, what surgeries did you have?
1: kind of had three knee surgeries, two shoulder surgeries, supposed to have like another knee and another shoulder that honestly, I think yoga has kept off, uh, just being able to, to do this yoga trainings really helps strengthen all your stabilizer muscles, which is usually what you end up having surgery on your rotator cuffs, those type of things.
0: Well, and you played football all through all four years of college.
1: Yeah. So one of the years I had a shoulder surgery playing Miami and I blew out my shoulder. So I ended up having to take a medical my junior year. So I, had, I was there for five and then played over professionally in Europe for a little bit afterwards.
0: Easy, cool. So you played professionally in Europe, then you ended up in New York in finance.
1: I was in L.A. in finance.
0: L.A. in finance. OK, got yep. it. And then like during then- the middle of the crash in 2008. OK, OK. Fun times. So you followed a girl in yoga pants to yoga and then you were like, yep. I got to rethink this whole thing.
1: So, you well, did
0: finance or what
1: happened? So, but there's a lot that was going on at the same time, right? So, I was kind of like, my whole life had been football, and that was kind of all I knew. And finance was a great kind of detour afterwards to figure out like what the hell I want to do with my life. Uh, and I enjoyed finance. I was a great team at Merrill Lynch, it kind of took me under the wing, taught me the ropes. But I'd go into work on Saturdays. So I was just kind of like the only one in the office. I didn't mind working the weekends. That's what I was always used to. And I also just started to realize that, like I needed something I believed in that I was passionate about that I was willing to dedicate my life to. And at the time, like this word entrepreneur didn't really. Like, I'm from North Florida. Like you get to, you go to work, you pay your bills, and that, that's it, right? You don't think about like starting a business. Um, and so on the outside, everything was good, but inside I was like hurting. I got to have a long relationship for a girl I dated about four or five years. Uh, that didn't pan out. Wasn't really happy with work. And I remember being at the TPC, which is the time it was, a, it was a really nice golf tournament in Florida and being around all the brokers, stock brokers, and everyone's drinking their scotch, having their nice steaks, and everyone's having a good time. And I've got a lot of good friends in that business. And I just remember not being fulfilled. like, like this isn't me. And I didn't really know what me was. Um, and then when I stumbled into that yoga class a little while afterwards, I was like, holy shit, Like my body feels amazing. My spine feels good. My shoulders, my hips... And just dove in um, and started practicing every day, found an amazing teacher, went to uh, for probably five years almost every day and was like wanted to figure out a way to share that with my community from the athletic community and merge this with yoga. So it's kind of the long story short, so to speak. And then in the process, I guess, of that of 2008 in the market crash, all of us young brokers got laid off. We were dead weight and had to figure out a way to pay the bills. And That's this true. yoga thing started to feel like I actually felt good about doing it and started, to per- took all my suits to Goodwill, started a personal training business. And for about two years, it was brutal. I uh, didn't make hardly any money, but I started to feel alive again, which is the first time since football I felt that and just kind of kept leaning into that. And now, almost 11, 12 years later, we're still going.
0: Very cool. So it started with yoga, but you're known for what now? Like, what is your program
1: looking like? Yeah. So it's kind of what started it was like, I wanted to share. I, I took my, my dad on the gym. I grew up in the gym. I grew up in this athletic community, had the best, I think, trainers in the world at University of Florida. And I had this new skill set of yoga that I wanted to share with the athletic community. And then I knew the yoga community needed more athletic training. And I put together a program. It was originally like a 50-minute DVD. It was combining hit training and yoga. And then all the feedback was like, hey, this is really fun, really cool, something t- totally unique, but it's too long do you have anything that's 20 minutes? Like I have two kids, I got to get to work, that type of thing. And I was like, well, how the hell can I get you in shape in 20 minutes? Yeah. And after hearing that for a while, I was like, all right, well, let's like go back to the chalkboard, chop down the 50 minute program into the best most essential 20 minutes that I thought I could do. And then each workout ends with a brief stretch and then meditation I created. Um, and then that kind of took off. I kind of just gave those for free on YouTube for a while as I was personal training in LA And then eventually that led to what's called the TMAC 20 program, which is the 20 minute total body workouts, no equipment, no excuses. And each workout ends in meditation and prayer. So that's kind of the tagline, but it honestly just came over years of trying to help serve people and help people get in shape.
0: Yeah. And so the meditation component, like when did that weave in? Have you always been meditating? Did you learn that football or like, where did you get into meditation?
1: Hell no, we didn't learn that football. (laughs) Not a chance in hell. Um, So my a little backstory: of my faith has always been really important to me. Like I came to know Christ at 12 years old and every morning and every night, I'd always pretty much for the most part, start my day in prayer. Like God, thank you for this day. Thank you for my family. Be with them throughout this day. And I always, even in the beginning, when I started the TMI20 workouts, I always ended each workout with a prayer. Um, and it was just, just my, for me, it was just a way to move my body and also connect to God each day. And then, as I started to learn more about yoga and meditation, I kind of merged what I thought was the best from my prayer life as an early Christian to what I learned from yoga. So, you don't have to be a Christian to do our mind right meditation or anything like that. Essentially, it's like four phases, um, but it's a merge of what I've kind of a combination of what I knew as an early Christian in my morning prayer, what I've learned from yoga, and the key is that we stack it at the end of the workout, like everyone knows they should work out. Everyone has bought into meditation is good for you, but no one finds the time and they've always been separate. So what I found that that if you stack a quick meditation at the end of your workout, it's a game changer. It's easier to meditate and you do it more consistently.
0: Yeah. I I got my yoga teaching certification. I correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like yoga started as a physical practice that kind of was the precursor for meditation. Am I You Uh,
1: you know, some people say just the opposite. I mean, some people say it's more about. So always, you know, I did my yoga teacher training and all that stuff. And to me, like when you think of yoga and mindfulness, it's about stillness, right? How do you create stillness in the mind? And sometimes yogis are too married, like too married to the postures, right? There's nothing freaking special about warrior one or warrior two. You can still the mind by doing a jog, right? Most people feel that runner's high, right? where They're completely present. You know, the mind is just turned off and you're there in that moment. Yoga uses the asanas, hence the postures, to help get out of the head and into the body. Yeah. Uh, and so what I say that is that you can do that. You just got to figure out a way that resonates with you. That's a trail run, yoga, one of our 20-minute workouts. Get in your body and then afterwards finish with the meditation.
0: Interesting. I like it. Now, backing up real quick, you said at 12, you kind of got into the churchy. What happened at <laughs> the age of 12?
1: The best things ever happened in my life. I was following a girl, I had a crush on. So, <laughs> so this is uh, like a
0: recurring theme. For it's you a know, recurring thing. It's,
1: between, it's, it's, it's following a cute. God knows how to speak to me. Following a cute girl uh, in middle school. That Miss Sarah Davis was her name. Okay. I had a crush on. Um, and she was going to some water park thing. Like I didn't grow up in like a Christian home. Uh, my family are good folks, but they weren't like the people that took me to church. And I followed Sarah to this. Water park thing that was come, you know, ended up being led on by the church, and then felt a true connection uh, to my creator, and fell in love with Jesus, and picked up the Bible, like read it cover to cover, and that gave me kind of a moral compass uh, to help navigate in life in areas where I felt that I needed to learn a little bit more, maybe like how to be a man, how to do certain things, and treat people, and so that was always a moral compass, and so it was really important to me was with these workouts was not just to give people a workout, but a daily connection with God. And I always say that I, I, my view of humanity and religion has expanded so much since that, since I was 12, is giving people kind of the framework and letting them connect in a way that resonates with you. And I think that a friend of mine said this best, and she said that, you know, it was the idea is that when I was praying to God as a young Christian, I was kind of like half-assing it. Good intentions, but just kind of like, you know, not really awake. way God be my family today, be with me, yada, yada, yada. But when you add the meditation in the workout, you're alert, right? And you now create the space for God. Whereas when we're praying, we're talking to God and we meditate, we create the space. And that's a profound difference. And it's a game changer in my life and it's to help thousands of others.
0: So when you say create the space, what do you mean? Like quiet the voice in your head so you can hear.
1: Correct. Right. Like you're getting, like it, it the, the, medita- the meditation, the meditation takes you through four phases and the first, Final phase is just the stillness, right? So like Psalms 4610 says, be still and know that I am God. And what I found is that, again, it's just easier with the movement to think of like a kid with a tincture tantrum to shake things up as opposed to just waking up and meditating. Like we're still in our head too much, but you yeah. shake things up, you allow then the mind to slow down and to be still. And it's in that stillness for me, it's like, I call that God, you may call that whatever you call that. Uh, But it's in that stillness where the mind slows down and you're completely present. Um, You can listen to, you know, the sounds around you, the rise and the fall of the breath. It's just being absolutely present in that moment. And it only typically happens for a couple of seconds, but it is one of the most amazing feelings you can have in life. Have you had any experience with that?
0: Yeah, I, yeah, I've dabbled. I mean, my um, therapist is like a 80 year old professional triathlete who is, was ordained into the church was working with rush, helping people transition to death and felt like wow. you know, really into Buddhism. Cause he felt like that was a better, um, tool to mm-hmm. help people deal with, um, life and death. He actually married my husband and I. Um, so I had started cool, cool. meditating maybe in my mid twenties, obviously I think like a lot of people, I find it something that I'm always like, I really want to, this to be a part of my life, but it's not like, I can't right. seem to find the time or the dedication. So, you know, I'm very interested to just hear like, where you even learned this habit stacking, like,
1: concept. I didn't do it. Yeah. So like the habit stacking, that term came, it kind of came popular in our communities, right. With a guy named James Clear's book, right. Atomic habits. Um, yeah. he wrote all about the importance of habit. Honestly, I had no idea that that term even existed. I just wanted a way to move my body every day and connect to God. That was it. And yeah. then that kind of you know, started to share and people started passing it around. Um, and that's kind of how it started out. It's really just trying to like me move my body and connect to God each day. And I knew that like, when I tried to do them separately, they never happened.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's one more thing you have to like come up with the willpower to do versus just combining them. It's like half the effort.
1: Well, and I think two, like literally the, the meditation for me only takes a couple minutes. Um, and I always say that like, the best workout you do is the one you consistently do and yeah. the best meditation you do is the one you consistently do. Right. Like I just give people the framework they can, you know, feel free to use mine or not use mine, but doing a few minutes each day, uh, is unbelievable. The power of it can have over your life.
0: Yeah. And Melissa Hartwig, she's doing a lot of your meditation.
1: Yeah, she does it every day. Um, and I think Melissa is, a, you know, a great one to talk about this. We, you know, we had an episode on her podcast a while back about it. Um, and so we did Melissa, like she'd been trying to meditate her whole life and never quite nothing stuck, so to speak. And so we went to the gym, which was like Melissa's like go-to. And then after the workout, we just sat there in the gym and did a letter through the meditation and she's been doing it. I would say every day for several years, which is pretty unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And so what are you like finding in your community? Like what are people saying the benefits are like, how have they noticed a shift or like what kind of people are drawn to this type of a workout? Just can so, you It's
1: always interesting, right? Cause I was talking to someone the other day of like marketing and terms and stuff, because I'd still say nine out of 10 people that come to us come to lose weight, yeah. right. They come to get in shape. And then during that process, you know, I always said there was an email I got from a guy from Georgia once. And he was just like, you know, I'm doing this yoga thing. And I, I was kind of, didn't know what it was at first, and you know, thought it was some kind of like work devil worship stuff, right? And then because I feel so good afterwards, I just keep doing it, and it's really helped my life. I'm more patient, I'm more calm, um, I'm more present with my wife, uh, I'm more present with my kids. I, yeah. That's that's the stuff I typically hear. I came here to lose weight. We meet them where they are. We help them lose the weight, get in shape, and then just, just finish. I Just encourage them to finish the workout with the and meditation. And then eventually they start to notice how great they feel after the meditation is something they crave now as much as the workout.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, especially it seems like right now with like all the chaos we've had in the world in the last 18 months, like anxiety is at a peak. I mean, I see it everywhere and with coworkers, with friends, Um, I would imagine people are finding it. I don't know, helpful.
1: Yeah, super helpful. And all right, none of us are perfect, right? Like this past year has been a struggle for 18 months, been a struggle for all of us. But I'll say the thing that I'm probably the most proud of our community is the one thing that we've tried to drive home is move your body and connect to your spiritual practice before you turn on social media, before you check your work emails, right? Because you can either program your mind for positivity Or stress. The choice is yours. And we don't even realize that we wake up in the morning, we want that quick dopamine release. So we turn on social media to see who liked this, to see who commented, et cetera. Right. And this past year, it's been a lot of negativity. One thing our community is really trying to emphasize on is again, if if you move your body first, connect your spiritual practice, then whatever else happens during the day, you can filter that through a positive mindset. I think that's been the thing that I'm most proud of in our community.
0: Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, people, I, I have friends now like, I don't even watch the news, but it's like nowadays it doesn't even matter. I mean, you, if you get a newsletter, like an industry newsletter, you can be. Bothered yeah. with making- how,
1: so how do y'all handle that at Primal Kitchen? I'm super curious. So you are a, a big company now. Um, you know, have a lot of people, it's more yeah. than just you and Mark and a handful of people in Malibu, right? Like how do y'all handle navigating the principles you want to live by, but also understanding that people come to you guys for wellness and nutrition and that type of stuff. Uh, how do y'all balance that?
0: Well, in what respect do you mean? You mean with our well, consumers or our employees?
1: With your, uh, just your newsletters. Like I don't see stuff like any, um, y'all haven't dove into any of that stuff I've seen.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, well, we we've always been very like science driven um so i think when like we do dive in it's like how can i prepare my immune system for the Mm. you know we try to just provide like very level information that isn't um you know i call it like covid porn or like (laughs) one way or the other i feel like there's a lot of covid porn circling in the world like you know, in the end of the day, like everybody's trying to get eyeballs, right? So it seems like sometimes the more I read, I was reading one immunologist earlier. I don't know how we're going on this tangent, but we'll go there. I was reading this one immunologist earlier this week, and he was saying he's a COVID centrist. Like if it's super doom and gloom or super optimistic, it's probably not that realistic. And like somewhere in the middle might be the truth. So, you know, I think Mark established the tone like 10 years ago, right? Like he's very, um, like, evidence-based, science-driven, um, practical, and also very, I would say, grounded in, like, yeah. you know, what do we know that's true from nature and history, and how can we apply that today? So that's kind of how we've taken um, the same approach with just how we're moving forward now. I and like then, you know, it. we're we're very concerned about, like, how our people are handling, you know, the current outside circumstances that, you know, right. I think, like, when there's work stress and world stress and family stress, like it's just a lot. So you know, have y'all have y'all
1: seen like have y'all had to like what's changed in y'all's company? Like have y'all had to do anything as far as like more check ins or like how have y'all been able to handle that? So I imagine I mean, it's been stressful for everyone. And as you grow as a company, you've got more people that you're responsible for.
0: Yeah. So we actually had, um, there's a stand-up comedian, Susie Neese. She, uh, is a yoga teacher in Manhattan beach. So I used to go to her yoga class with one of our, um, head of sales or, or she manages our target account, Natalia. So I used to go to yoga with her. Uh, and she's great. Cause like she gets you laughing. I feel like once you're kind of in a, positive mood, it's a lot easier to like let go and really like kind of surrender to the practice, if you will. So right when COVID hit, we asked her to do like two um, yoga classes for our team on Zoom, um, two 30-minute classes. So every Tuesday and Thursday, we have yoga with Susie. But I think from like a leadership standpoint, I, you know, we've grown tremendously, right? And at the beginning, I was always like a phone call away. I mean, I talked to Mark like four times a day, and I talked to everyone else making decisions. You know, just we just picked up the phone you know, five times a day. We were never having meetings with PowerPoint ever. Like, you know, we've since been acquired by Kraft Heinz. There's a lot more PowerPoints in the Kraft Heinz world. I, like, <laughs> it always happens
1: with acquisitions. And PowerPoint so funny. Down.
0: I know. I'll be in these meetings and I'm like, you guys, I'm gonna tell you something that's gonna blow your minds. Before we were acquired, I never, not once ever had a meeting with a PowerPoint presentation. Like never. Not once. And they were just like, that. you know, they, I mean, they're just very organized and like operate on a different way like but I think what I've learned from them is like they do corporate communication really well. So like as the team grows it becomes important to just like touch yeah. base um more frequently. So we well, hopefully they've
1: also learned a little bit about from like what you and Mark have always done so well. You're just like you all real people that just speak the truth of how you're feeling and y'all were just yeah. real and authentic. And I think that sometimes in corporate as you grow that can get lost. And so that's sure. obviously a cool part really cool part, I think, about you guys.
0: Yeah. Now tell me something, Todd. I have like a personal question for you. So uh
1: uh-uh. uh single? God. Is that the
0: <laughs> Well, I have had two babies, so I need like the five, I need the five pounds, the last five pounds planned for me. the last
1: five pounds.
0: Yeah, give me that one first and then I have another question for you.
1: Uh cocaine and cigarettes.
0: Okay, That's- come <laughs> on. Come on. Okay.
1: Yeah, get- so the, honestly, so a couple things. uh one, obviously I'm biased to like our 20 day challenge that we take people through, right? But the premise I've seen for weight loss is if you can do a little bit of hit training just for a couple of minutes every day, or not every day, a couple of days a week, and you're getting in 10 to 12,000 steps. So I used to train, like I said, in LA and I had a pretty, really successful artist. I trained, she had like the number one song in the world at the time. And she was getting ready for a photo shoot. And so, you know, we always hear 10,000 steps a day. It's one thing we're proud of in our community is every day getting in 10,000 steps. Right? We have a 320 concept. We say like you got 20 minutes in the morning. That's yours that you can own before your kids get up. You got 20 minutes at lunch and 20 minutes after work. And right? So how do we maximize that 320 concept of those windows? And so you do your Team mac 20 workout. You get the HIT training. You're essentially burning calories all day. You're in that anaerobic state for that. Just 13 to about seven to 13 minutes is all. And then you're walking throughout the day. So you're constantly burning calories throughout the day. And then I think what Mark said on his book, two meals a day, right? Like, so I'm a big intermittent fasting person. I do the 16 hours, pretty much five days a week. Women and their hormones, different phases. Like that's something you have to look into. You know, sometimes women are a little bit more susceptible to issues with fasting. Um, Not all the case, but I think that Mark is really, again, ahead of the curve with the two meals a day. So I found if you can do intermittent fasting short bursts of hit training, and then try to get in 10 to 12,000 steps a day. Um, it's a game changer. The reason I mentioned the artist was we bumped her step count up from we, same workout, same meal plan, same t- instead of 10,000 steps, we bumped up to 12,000 steps. And she got, she was in her mid to late thirties. And she said she was in the best shape. She had been in her entire life. Interesting. Uh, just bumping the step count from 10 to 12,000. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The step counts a big deal.
0: Yeah. That's interesting. So what meal plan was she on?
1: She was on my meal plan, but a lot of it. So it's so funny, right? Like when, uh, I mean, like when I eventually met Mark with you guys, I was like, Mark was the OG, right? Like I was that personal trainer 12 years ago that was, came from the athlete world of like heavy carbs type yeah. stuff. And, you know, but we trained three hours a day and I started to realize my clients didn't have three hours a day to train. Yeah. And so then we started to shift into more of a higher fat diet And I came across this book called Primal Blueprint, and I was like, holy shit, this guy's figured it out. And so it's very much with what Mark, I've learned from Mark, is that eating a whole food diet, um, you know, real whole food, if you can plant it, pick it or catch it, it's probably pretty good for you. And if man-made, stay away. Like if we just did that and got in 10,000 steps a day we'd be a lot better off as a country.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting how we have managed to really overcomplicate this diet thing.
1: So like, it's so complicated, right? Like I've got friends that are vegan friends that are paleo. It's just like the base majority of what we can all agree on is eating real whole food. Yeah. That's the part we can all come to agree on. And we get so, we go down the rabbit hole so much about fasting or keto or all this stuff. And they're all tools, right? They're all powerful tools, but the majority of Americans are o- obese and overweight and we just because of processed food and not being active. And like I said, you don't really have to do a hard 20 minute workout of mine. Just go for a walk, get in 10,000 steps.
0: Yeah. I saw this study at was this week that said like two thirds of the calories that are like America's youth is consuming are processed foods. And I was just like, Oh my
1: God. I mean, it's crazy. And it's so sad because I came from, I've come from like a real rural community. Um, you know, I would say probably a lower income community in Florida. And it used to be all the poor kids were the skinny kids, right? And now you go back and all the poor kids are obese, right? And they're not eating a ton of like meals, but all they have is sodas, snacks all day, right? It's just getting tons of sugar, spiking their insulin levels and causing their body to store fat and because they're not getting any nutrients, they're just continuing to snack on this all day. It's really, really sad.
0: No, it is. There's a cool nonprofit where I am in Sarasota and they're like building backyard gardens for families. So it's like, get kids involved in growing their own food and how can we really like systemically change the issues that our youth are facing? I mean, it's an uphill battle, but definitely.
1: It's our job to go do it, right? Like, we, we have the access and the tools. Um, behavioral change is a really hard thing to do. It is. Like, that is. It's really, really hard um, in what we do. But if you can get kids moving early and start connecting them to healthier habits earlier, they are the easier. It is like I grew up on Pop Tarts with butter and a Mountain Dew for breakfast. Yeah. I assure you, it was a long process to get off all the sugar and carbs. Yeah. So when did start you get- make
0: the transition? Where, like, once you started getting serious about sports, did your diet change? Or like, what was so your- I was on,
1: like at Florida? Like, we had a nutritionist and dietitian. I was like on a six thousand calorie a day diet. Uh, but we trained I and mean, it was our job. Like we trained three or four hours a day. Um, and so my whole job then was just to put on as much weight as I could with everything. And I really didn't learn much about it until I remember being at Merrill Lynch and I'm sitting down in the desk. And all of a sudden, I'm like, what the hell is that? I'm like, that's a role. What is this? I'm like, no, 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 this isn't going to happen. And so then that's when I was at Maryland, so I started to slowly learn more about nutrition. And then years later, as a personal trainer, I started to notice that I could not eat all the brown rice all day like I used to and still lose and stay lean. And yeah. I didn't have three hours of training. I only had 10 minutes here, 20 minutes here, 30 minutes there. And again, kind of what Mark talked about in the Primal Blueprint. That's kind of what so I've
0: like You had rolls. I can't even really imagine that, Todd. I had what? You had a roll? Is that what you said?
1: A roll. Oh, a, oh, a fat role. I, I was getting for a second there. Yeah, I was like, you got to be kidding me.
0: I can't see it. But I guess this is – My husband played football in college for the Air Force Academy. and I feel like it's – Oh,
1: the Air Force. Those thing. are hardcore dudes.
0: I feel like it's a similar story. Like, you train to eat so much, and then, like, the – the workouts go way, but like your body is yeah. just used to eating 6,000 calories a day. It's just, that's hard.
1: Well, look at all the football player. Most of my football players are obese now, you yeah. know, and these are, these guys genetically are the most gifted. I mean, you're at the University of Florida. You are, gene- you've got the genetic lottery, like you're a freak of nature yeah. and most of them are obese now. And it's just because. They kept eating the way they did as a football player, but then the workout stopped and their bodies hurt as they get older. They don't have any other tool other than going to the gym, which they can't do anymore. Yeah. What crazy. did your husband find? Like what was your husband's pivot point as far as like, you usually Air Force Academy people are super self-driven anyway.
0: Yeah. I mean, um, he was like in high school, I think he was, you know, his dad would be, you know, making pasta for dinner. And he would make him he'd be in the backyard, like grilling his own chicken breast. So and he had like a fishing tackle box with all the supplements in it. So he was pretty serious. Um, you know, my and, breakfast like, as a kid
1: was Taco Bell.
0: Yeah. I mean, I grew up on like I remember my mom being like, I never was I've been intermittent fasting for years. I actually was interviewed by the news about intermittent fasting like before like oh, I'm wow. 10, 10 years ago when I first moved to LA, literally 10 years ago. Um, wow. and I remember Googling, like, am I really like you know, screwing myself by not eating breakfast? But I'm just I'm just genuinely not hungry in the morning and I never was growing up. You, and I remember do
1: you, what you so fast now.
0: Yeah, yeah, I do, and but it works, like, well- like, like, when I'm, pre- I've been pregnant or breastfeeding for the past three years. So I tend to just eat three meals a day during okay. the phases of life. Um, yep. but I will say with my first, I was, he was 10 months old when I got pregnant with my second. but there was a month between my first and second <laughs> yeah, whole when I was in really good shape and I, I finally was like, okay, I'm going back to intermittent fasting. I'm going to like. I started playing tennis um yep. three days a week for like two hours, like really that I picked that up and that was fun. Um and that I feel like was a game changer for me. I would say yep. since I turned like I'm thirty seven now, probably the last like seven years. Like I tried everything, like to just to lose five pounds and yep. nothing worked. Nothing until I started playing tennis and fasting again after my first so so.
1: tennis and fasting, right? And are you What's your step count like? Do you pay attention to that at all? No,
0: I work quite a bit. So I'm sure it's not where it needs to be. Like I, when I was on maternity leave, I realized like how much more active I am when I'm not tied Mm -hmm. to the computer. Uh, And honestly, COVID has been worse for that because pre COVID, we just had phone calls. So I walked, like, I remember walking
1: for eight
0: weeks pregnant. Like I just walked the entire day I was on the phone and then now everyone's on video calls. So you're kind of more tied to your computer. So I've started like, turning the video off I also I've talked about this with one of my coworkers. I'm like I we're so sick of staring at ourselves in this day it's, it's creating like
1: oh sick of it
0: it's creating like body dysmorphia like it is not normal to be staring at yourself on a video camera no. like you used to just be able to like get dressed or for me like you know wear your workout clothes all day because we, we've always been a remote company so I've worked from home for I don't know since I started working at Primal before Primal was Primal or before Primal Kitchen was Primal Kitchen, I should say. So, end of 2013, I think. And yeah, I mean, we were always remote. So that was really no different. But the video thing, I'm like,
1: now, do, you, do you, I'm curious, do you see yourself like a desire to go back to the gym or yoga studios just to be around people? Like yeah,
0: I loved, them. I was, used to be pretty religious, Adam and I would go, this is funny, we lived in LA, we rented our, we were in a two bed, one bath apartment, we rented our second bedroom out on Airbnb, and so we would just wake up, because it was a two bed, one bath, okay? So we had random, so we had like people from all over the world staying with us, we made like 30 grand one year, renting out our second bedroom, but we would just wake up and go to the gym, because it was like the morning, like, yeah, we didn't want to be sharing a bathroom with like the couple of no. New Zealand totally you gotta
1: pay that california rent
0: yeah so we were like really um dedicated goers and i like we were always at 24 hour fitness we loved it uh but then you know i'm one who kind of needs to like i was really into surfing then pregnancy and breastfeeding like i surfed until i was 18 weeks pregnant with my first and then i was just like okay this feels like there's a water balloon that's gonna pop in my (laughs) stomach like i gotta (laughs) give it up here and i haven't gotten that I haven't gotten back into it, quite honestly. I picked up
1: tennis, so that's what i meant. Tennis is your as your new hobby. I think it's that's so true. important. I think you have to have some hobby, right? Like, so again, I tell people like the base of what we do is we help people that don't have time to go to the gym, right, with our twenty minute workouts. But I strongly encourage it at least once, maybe twice a week, ideally. They have they play tennis with a partner, friend. They go for a trail run. They go to take a yoga class. Like yeah. being, having someone to meet on a regular basis is is really important. Just getting out of your house, yeah.
0: So how fast, what was your journey like after you're sitting in the Merrill Lynch and you're like, oh my God, I've been eating the football yeah. diet. I don't work out. I'm totally out of shape. Like how fast did you turn it around?
1: It was a process, right? I mean, so I was literally, I'd never had coffee until I was working at Merrill Lynch. So I'd do coffee in the morning. And then about lunchtime, I'd get the big gulps of Mountain Dew and drink, and drink the Mountain Dews all day. Um, so this is in my twenties. I'm still guzzling Mountain Dew. Yeah. Uh, and it wasn't until... I would say that, like, when I moved out to LA with Merrill Lynch, um, I started to learn a little bit more again about nutrition, and then it was that process of really training people um, that I saw that look. Like, when you're starting off as a trainer, you got all kind of time to work out, and then when, hopefully you get bit super busy. We were training eight or nine people a day, and now you're up at five a.m. and you don't get home till nine, and so you got to sneak in a little quick workouts. And so then it was just kind of that self journey of like all right, what's the most effective way to eat when I can only train for 10, 20, 30 minutes a day. Yeah. And I would say that probably took me over the course of like <sighs> a solid year to transition from a very high carbohydrate base to more fat. Uh, and then from there, it's just slowly little improvements. Like honestly, the biggest change that I've made, uh, the two biggest changes that have been sleeping, like understanding the importance of sleep. I, I never really put much emphasis. So I was always kind of, you know, up at five, you gotta grind, that type of stuff. Sleepings for weak people, that type of thing. I found that is a huge game changer and just your overall appetite, what you crave. Like you've noticed that the days that you don't get a good night's sleep, you crave more sugars and carbs. So sleep's a big one. And then intermittent fasting in the last like three years has really helped. So it's been when a slow process.
0: For more than three years. I mean. What's that? You've been in shape for more than three years. Like, yeah,
1: yeah. But as, as you you're get you're dialing
0: older, in even more, you're saying.
1: Well, you, you're, I think you continue to dial it in and continue to learn, but also during the process, right? Like I was training eight, nine people a day. I was always on my feet. Yeah. And then the business went online the last three years. And so now I'm sitting on my ass a lot, right? And so I have to change things up because I'm not as active as I used to be. Yeah. And so the intermittent fasting, uh, I started trying that because I was traveling a little bit work like flying different places and just like didn't eat on a plane and stuff like that. And slowly started trying the intermittent fasting. And it was hard at first. Like it was really hard. Um, uh, and then now I do it about five days a week. And then the other two days I have, I surf in scones. Those are surfing scones days.
0: Love
1: it. I love my scone.
0: You're, and now you're living where you're not in
1: LA. <laughs> I'm in Santa Barbara, Okay, about two hours North.
0: And when did that transition take place?
1: So, there a girl involved?
0: The real question was: there a girl involved?
1: There was not a girl involved this time. Hopefully, at some point, Um, yeah, I got I got to settle down sometime, make my mom happy. Uh, There was no girl involved in this move. So I was—I remember a small town. I'm a small town guy, and LA was such an amazing experience for me, just to learn and grow. Like I never would have learned so much about myself if I didn't leave my small town. But then I never felt like LA was home. Like I had a great community. Work was great. And then when the online business, like people i have you know, been producing content now for about six years online. And I think most people thought I did that for a living full time. I My living was made as a personal trainer in LA. And then once the online part started making decent money, I was like, all right, well, I could do this full time and give it a go. And then I was like, where can I go back in the South? It feels like home. So I've got some guys I played football with family and friends in Nashville. went to Nashville for a year, Loved Nashville. But as you guys know, you and your husband, the ocean's pretty special for surfing. Yep. So then I moved back. I was like, where can I go to, where can I get the best of California without the craziness of LA? And to me, that was always Santa Barbara. Got it. So yeah, we'll see.
0: For so a year in Nashville and that was enough. You were back to California.
1: I could see myself like, I could see myself going back to Nashville. Like I love the people there. I just prefer the lifestyle of uh the the good weather and the mountains and the i mean santa barbara literally is a slice of heaven Yeah. that being said like my work for whatever reason like i could see it taking me back to the south um for whatever reason like there's that stigma of i still feel like christianity and yoga and i think that i can help merge those worlds um and that so it could possibly take me back to the south one day we'll see
0: yeah you're not Seems- what about you Well, we're in Florida. I mean, we're all over. We're yeah, we just moved and we've been on the road. I was telling you, we've been on the road for a year, so we're with a toddler. How is it not surfing?
1: Do y'all miss the surfing? Because to me, that actually
0: surf in Florida. So there's a super fun spot. It is fun. It's because I don't have to wear a wetsuit. I've surfed more in Florida in the last six months than I did in California in the last two years, if you can believe it. There's like swells come through with tropical storms and hurricanes, and then. Um, it's definitely not consistent and it's not big, but it's fun. It would be a great place to teach little guys how to surf the Venice jetties and we're north of there in Sarasota, but in Venice, there's actually fun surf. So
1: nice. I didn't know that.
0: Yeah. yeah, and from, also
1: north, north, yeah. North.
0: Without yeah. a wetsuit is heaven. So yeah.
1: I love that cold ocean, like having that like cold yeah. water rush over your body feels so good.
0: Yeah, I know. Well, there's like, that's very, you know, I guess beneficial. I remember reading all that Wim Hof stuff and thinking like, well, I'm basically doing Wim Hof. I surf Pacific the ocean a few days and I think I'm good.
1: Yeah. So he, he is wild, crazy, but also cracked in. Like he's tapped into another side of the brain. That we haven't figured out. Yeah. Like it's pretty unbelievable. And it's interesting, like going back and you asked me like the origin of the mind, right. Meditation that we do. Was a few years back, my injuries got really bad again to the point where I couldn't even hardly do yoga. Like I couldn't even lower down for Chaturanga, my shoulders. I've got some anchors and metal in there. Yeah. Um, and I couldn't run because I had bone on bone on my knees from all the knee surgeries. And so I would just go to the cold ocean at sunrise and sit in the water um, and just breathe and then come back on the, and do my like morning prayer on the beach. And that's kind of where the mind, right. The four part meditation came about um, was just sitting there uh, with all my injuries on the beach.
0: Now tell me four part meditation. Can you tell yeah. me a little bit more
1: about it? Yeah. So it's, so it's, again, it's kind of a combination of my prayers early Christian what I've learned from yoga. And so the first part, so you again, you do this right after your workout. Um, just the first part is just a moment of gratitude, right? Got a chance to move your body today, your friends, your family, maybe you want to, Uh, you just roof over your head. Like, so just starting every day with gratitude, especially this last 18 months is so important for all of us, right? Even though chaos is going around, it's taking a few moments to be thankful. Uh, the second part is lifting up a loved one. So maybe you want to pray for your husband today or your son and just kind of lifting them up. Imagine like a glowing light hovering over them and just pouring blessings upon them. And then the third part is visualizing success today. What does success look like today? So I was doing my meditation this morning and visualizing this call, right? What does it feel like? What is the experience we want the people to have listening to this and seeing it happen before it happens? And so the background behind that was my sophomore year at University of Florida. We were playing University of South Carolina. Um, and for those who don't know SEC football, there's 93,000 people in the stands. Crowd's wild. It's the fourth quarter. The ground is literally when you have 90-something thousand people in a, in a stadium, the ground shakes. Like, it literally shakes. And I've been watching film that week, and for whatever reason, a short yardage, Lou Holtz, the coach at the the time in South Carolina, like this one formation and this one play. And so I was watching that during the week. (laughs) But you're also – you know, you're, you're a college kid. You're, like, texting your girlfriend and all this stuff. And all of a sudden, fourth quarter, fourth down, the game is on the line. If they get the first down, maybe they win. If we stop them, we win. And they came out in that formation. And the whole stadium went silent for me, just complete silence. I could see the blades of grass. I could see the pupils and the fullback's eyes across from me, the tight end, the blood as he pressed into the ground. Everything went completely present. And I knew what was happening before the ball was snapped. Shot shot the gap, hit the ball carrier in the backfield. Crowd goes wild. We win the game. Go back into the uh, our meetings the next, next day, and my linebacker coach was like, I had no idea how you knew that was going to happen, but I totally took credit for it. Great job. And I was like, I saw it happen before it happened. And so that was my first lesson in the power of visualization. So every day, I think it's so important as an entrepreneur, we start our way visualizing what success looks like. And then the last part as we talked about earlier is really where the magic happens. Just being present, being still, listen to the rise and the fall of the breath, the sounds around you, um, it's just that moment of just being completely present. So that's the four-part meditation. It takes just a couple minutes. Uh, but again, I always say that a couple minutes of that every day will change your life.
0: Yeah. Will you just do one for the audience? You can do it for me. Yeah. I want people at home to be able to like follow along and experience. And I'm just going to preface it with, for me, like meditation feels very unstructured, right? It's like, okay, sit down, quiet your mind, and like just yep. you know, yeah, like, that, 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 of thinking, that, file them away. Should, yeah, that so, should so, work you know, for me. So I, either. <laughs> It Feels like this is there's some structure to the meditation, which yep. I think is helpful. So let's just do
1: one. All right. So All right. again, ideally, like for those of you, if you're driving right now, don't do this while you're driving. Try this. At, save this, and try this after your next workout. So just get comfortable, close your eyes. It's not really a right or wrong way to do this. Just let the room settle. All right. The first part. Just take a moment of gratitude. Right. What are you grateful for right now in your life? It could be a family member, a friend your health, whatever it may be, just make it personal, just a moment of gratitude. Now I want you to focus on lifting up a loved one. Imagine a glowing light hovering over them as they go about their day. See a smile come across their face, just pour blessings upon them. Often I see my brother, he's a police officer, he comes home from work, he's in his uniform, his kids are waiting on the porch for him. They have a huge smile on their face and just imagine a glowing light over my family. That's what comes to mind sometimes for me. Let it be for someone that's special to you. Now I want you to visualize success today. What does it look like? More importantly, what does it feel like? Step into that moment now. It could be a business meeting. It could be as simple as going for a walk with your spouse, maybe taking your kid to the park. They're laughing. They're smiling. What does success look like for you today? Step into that now. See it happen before it happens. And finally, just be present. Be still. Listen to the sounds around you, the rise and the fall of the breath. Just be. Slowly start to bring some awareness back to the body. Softly open your eyes. God bless.
0: Thank you. I need that. So that's the the 20-day challenge. So first of all, in my head, the things that were coming up during the meditation, I was like, you know, being very patient with my kids and being able to handle like the meltdowns with ease. But also um, there's this song that we sing (laughs) at camp called... Mountain Dew, <laughs> and oh. <laughs> it was in my head, in the background, they call it that good old Mountain Dew, do, do, anyway, yeah. because of all your Mountain Dew stories, but it's Boom. just, even with that, it's amazing how, how good it feels, and how I'm like, I really need this in my and
1: life. And you have access to it every day, and I say that whatever you just experienced right now, multiply that by a hundred, if you do this right after your workout, because your blood's pumping, you're alive, you're there, but you have access to this every day. curious, what were you grateful for?
0: Um, I was grateful for my husband and my health, just health. There you go.
1: In general, yeah. But
0: yeah, and also my husband because he's great.
1: And, and we say that kind of nonchalantly, right? But think of this past 18 months. I know. How many people went through days, weeks, months without having a moment of gratitude? I know. And how would that just affect their day?
0: I know. That's
1: kind of crazy. And yeah. that, what you just did is also a cool thing too. Like If you're doing any work conferences – and you're doing all the Zoom meetings, and you want to take them through some sort of wellness thing. I found that if you do that meditation, and, and then have the company share like about the, those four things, where you really learn a lot about your coworkers that you yeah. get. like. Sometimes I've done this and be like, "Hey, my mom's, you know, getting chemo right now." You're like, "Holy yeah. shit!" Like I had no idea. I've been working with you for a year, and I had no idea you been going through this. And so,
0: want well, to come do a session for uh, my leadership team.
1: Let's, what's your leadership team? But well, yeah, I'm all about it.
0: You know, a few of them: Anna, our VP of Marketing; Rosie runs sales; Amanda, she's our head of growth; Rick, our COO. Michelle and Ops. We have like I'm a, down. a, a Michael down. Innovation, Audrey,
1: Category Marketing,
0: Stephen in Finance. I think we need that.
1: I just need some more uh, vanilla collagen. So okay, will we'll, we'll, we'll we'll trade tra- we'll <laughs> totally vanilla collagen for. Tra- <laughs>
0: I'll send you a year supply of vanilla collagen, and you can help us, you know, stay calm.
1: Uh, I love that stuff. I, that, so when I do my fasting, it's technically not fasting, I guess, with a bulletproof, but I'll do a bulletproof about three days a week, and I always put the vanilla collagen in. It's so good.
0: So you do fat and the collagen and coffee?
1: MCT oil, um, oh, the yeah. vanilla collagen. And just, you know, black coffee.
0: Yeah. The collagen is great in coffee. It's, it's like, so good. Yeah. I put it in matcha. That's actually why we have the matcha latte. We have a powdered matcha. <laughs>
1: because <laughs> we like matcha.
0: Every day. Yeah. I don't drink coffee. I never have. I'm a matcha like fanatic though. Every day. day, It's like, not as good as Mountain Dew. Yeah. Yeah. Right. But I was always mixing the two. I'm like, can we solve this problem for me? And maybe hopefully some other people. So we have a, you know, pre-made matcha latte mix, which is awesome. Um, but yeah, they're, those are, they're good in coffee for sure.
1: I'm gonna stick to my coffee. You yeah, do your I
0: know. I know. <laughs> the coffee people forget about it. Um, I haven't, I have like too much energy as is. So when I drink coffee, I'm like, ah, ha, ha. I remember being oh. in meetings with Mark at like Soho house in Malibu and having like two matchas and then having to like apologize. I'm so sorry. I drank too matchas. I'm like, a, am like a lunatic over here talking 8 million miles a minute. I'm like, I'm scatterbrained. It's like totally not. So when I drink coffee, it's,
1: well, ne- if next time we ever go to the Soho House, let's have tequila instead of matcha. Okay,
0: deal, deal. Yeah. That mellows me out more. Okay. <laughs> um, so, tell me, what's what's up in health and wellness that you're like most excited about these days?
1: Honestly, the mental side of things. I think we just saw a huge like this got brought to attention in the Olympics, right? Um, you know, Simone Biles—I pronounce her name—the gymnast—and then you saw um, the 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 goat of swimming. My, I can't think of his name. He's retired now, but he, he's has a, um, he won up Michael Phelps. Yes. He has like he was on there talking a lot about the, I think he tried to, um, he was suicidal for a little while. Right. And I think that the mental side, we've, this is what's exciting to me is you're seeing leaders like this come out and say, Hey, things are really good, but also things are really shitty. Yeah. Um, and these are the peak. These are the best athletes in the world. And so, I see the com- this conversation coming out. Like my friend, I don't know if you know Caroline Burkle and Reb Sony. like they have a thing called Rise um, for mentoring young athletes on the mental side. The mental health part is like, I, I'll, I'll, for some reason, it's like this two separate worlds where physical fitness and mental side, like you go see a therapist and I'm all for therapy. I think that people have, what we're starting to do in our job in the, in the wellness phase is merge those two worlds understanding that when you work out and sweat and move your body like these neurotransmitters are getting released serotonin to feel good hormone right like yeah. these are really powerful chemical reactions that take place in your brain that will make you happier right yeah. and so merging those worlds and then i think that's again we're obviously I'm a little biased but incorporating the mindfulness at the end of each workout um i think that it's a hard it's really hard like Communicating this again because most people go to fitness to lose weight uh from a marketing standpoint. But to me, I'm excited. And I think we're getting closer to it, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah. Well, there's never been like a more pressing time, right?
1: Oh, no. COVID yeah. kind of brought up all the shit like yeah. relationships, work, anything that you were unhappy about, COVID just brought it to the surface. Yeah.
0: I mean, we even say that with work like, if there were any cracks in the foundation before COVID that you couldn't see, like, really you can see them now. I mean, supply chains have been disrupted. Everything's disrupted. So it's it's an interesting time. Are are there any like technologies that you think like you know people are doing like psychedelic like microdosing and stuff for mental health or like any of that stuff? Oh, are you so, hey, I
1: just did my first edibles for the first time. Oh, really? At thirty nine years old, I was I was like a couple of days before my birthday. Did my first edibles.
0: Okay. Um, what kind I, of edibles are we talking here?
1: I don't know. I went and talked to the girl, and she gave me like some like these little uh, what are they called? These little tart type things are like two and a half milligrams THC, two and a half milligrams of uh, CBD. Okay. And so I just did those for the first day. Felt okay. Right. Um, you know, I don't, as far as the electronics and stuff, like, you know, like or I use ring
0: or any of that kind of stuff.
1: Yeah. So I mean, I think the sleep is critical. I think Matthew Walker, if you have listened to any of his stuff, I think he's the leading, you know, I love what he's doing. I love what Andrew Huberman's doing. Um, a professor out of uh, Stanford going more into the neuroscience of like the science now is catching up to what all those crazy fitness yoga people have been talking about how good this is for you. Matthew, so
0: what were their names?
1: So Matthew Walker has a book on sleep. It, it's what stopped me in my tracks a couple of years ago. And it really forced me to ask myself, like, am I getting up at 5 a.m. Only getting six five and a half, six hours of sleep from pride or for really to live a healthier, happier life. Yeah. And the stats don't support getting less than seven hours of sleep. Yeah. So Matthew Walker, I think the work he's doing on sleep. And then a guy named Andrew Huberman uh, is phenomenal. Has uh, podcasts, and his, you can even see his social media stuff. As far as the neuroscience. And um, again, he's a professor at Stanford. He was actually at one of the mind by green things years ago. I'm not sure if you were at yeah. that one. Um, sounds really familiar. Yeah, so that's exciting. As far as like the technologies, I'm more of a feel guy. Like I wake up every morning and I sweat and then I meditate. Like that's the non-negotiables for me. Like that's something that's going to happen every single day. If I'm on vacation, if I'm traveling, I'm gonna wake up and sweat. I'm gonna do that before you and I hop on this video call, before I answer text messages, before I answer any emails or social media. I'm gonna move and connect. And I'm more of a feel guy. Um, I'll use the I have the Apple Watch right now, and we use it for a during our challenges to help people with step counts. I think that's a really important actionable step that most Americans can just start doing now, getting in 10,000 steps. I think it's really important. Um, But as far as the other stuff, I'm not a big tech guy. Some people really geek out into it.
0: Yeah. Mark, you sound, you have a lot of parallels with Mark. Like he also, you know, had the breakdown after being an athlete forever and he's also not into like the quantified self movement. He's like, He's just a primal guy, right? Like he feels like, what are we tracking all this shit for? Like, come on. Like, I'm excited about like you know, I have my like Zoe, yeah. you know, continuous glucose monitor. And I was talking to him at like a work event. I don't know, God, we were in Oxnard to give a town hall together. I don't know, three or four months ago. And I was like, Mark, I have my like continuous. <laughs> He's like, what are you doing with that? Like, what are you even? You know, it's like, you know, it's not that her. hard. Like, simplify yeah. things, right? Well, like
1: um, a, a couple of things, I'll say well, yes and yes. Gamification is really, really crucial for habit. We talked about habit change. So in our challenges, we implemented gamification. And that really helps for people starting a new behavioral change. Because people like me and Mark, we just work out because it's who we are. But if you're starting behavioral change, the gamification does help. Because now, like, Morgan's competing against Sierra. Now you're like, you see your leaderboard. Um, So there is – I wouldn't rule it out completely. I would say that ultimately, though, past 20-day challenges, 30-day challenges – you have to take an identity shift. And I think that that is where long-term lasting results happen. And probably like Mark and myself is how do you feel after you work out? Pretty freaking great, right? Why do I not want access to that every day? Okay, I do. How do I do it? And then that's kind of why we work out because we're happier, healthier people. And then in the process, like your blood sugar levels are better, you know, you're better, uh, you've lost weight, you're stronger, it does that you're healthier, your immune system's better. Like, but for me it's like that shift of like, I do it because I feel good. And if you don't feel like working out today, literally you can do a 20 minute workout. You can go for a walk, you can do whatever, but do something.
0: Yeah, no, that's good. Good advice. It's valid. Get moving. Um, what's the worst thing you've ever done for your own health? Besides the Mountain Dew.
1: Mountain dude. I tell you, there's nothing better than a cold mountain Dew coming out of a tree stand after hunting all morning. Um, the worst thing I've done for my health. So we use, I don't know if it's the worst thing. Um, but with all my surgeries, like pretty much every season I'd, you know, get my starting job and then i have surgery in all season rehab and et cetera. Um, I was taking like back in the day we were popping Vioxx like it was cotton candy and
0: what's Vioxx
1: it's something made it illegal now it's like a really okay. strong anti-inflammatory
0: okay
1: um and we were popping those like just to get through practice I mean to the point I'm a, I'm 20 something years old and I'm shitting blood okay. right like we're trying I mean, to figure out I have out a
0: friend what, who played football in college and he has Crohn's disease now and he thinks it was from all the like pain relievers he was taking in college football
1: That's yeah I mean we're I was Easily doing 2,000, um, uh, well over 1,500 milligrams of Advil a day. Like just yeah. that type of stuff just to get to. And then before every game, we would do a shot, like take a shot in the ass um, toward all. I think it was. What's that? What? Is, it, is It anti-inflammatory just because of like, you're going to feel like you got hit by a car the next morning when you wake up. So it was like those that were new, like got it just because they thought it was cool. But those that have been around playing for a while, you understood that. Tomorrow you're gonna to feel like you got hit by a truck. Go and get some anti inflammatories in you and ice tank to the next day to get you through the season. Yeah. Um, I think those were pretty bad uh, long term, consistently. But you got to do what you got to do to keep playing. So I understand it.
0: Yeah, no, that's a lot. That's crazy. They need to
1: do more yoga and mindfulness. Yeah, I'm, that's, that's something. That is something I'm excited about. Again, tacking onto that is like. Professional teams, some colleges now are starting to incorporate yoga. They're starting to incorporate meditation. Um, And these guys need that because these are warriors. Like they have that warrior gene and meditation helps lengthen that gap between stimulus and response. And athletes need this. You see domestic violence issues. Like this type of personality works well on a football field, but what happens when you go home? And so that's something I'm also really excited about.
0: Yeah. well, that's cool. Um, what is something that most people don't know about you?
1: Where did you come up with these questions? There's no prep on this.
0: I know. That's okay. why I like it. Cause then I get the real response. Otherwise you'd have some like fabricated, you know, you would have thought about it.
1: I know. Um, something that people don't know about me. That's a good question. I'm trying to be as An open Interesting
0: as- factoid from your past, anything That would surprise Um, people. You have a chance I
1: had to run from the cops one time and was getting arrested for assault and battery.
0: Really? Did you did you escape?
1: Thank God before social media and we end up doing a volunteer turn in. Um I turned myself in. So that's People know about it now, I guess.
0: Yeah, that's yeah. a big one. Wow. Time. Yeah,
1: years ago, before, before my mind was, my mind was not right. <laughs> I right did.
0: It sounded like it. <laughs> um, what are you like, what's your biggest goal in your own health journey right now? Like, are, what are you focusing on the most for you personally?
1: Um, so my, some my, like low back pain has come about. Okay. Like I've got my family's got low back history of pain. Uh, my dad's had neck surgery. My uncle's had back surgery. My brother's had back surgery. My cousins have had back surgery. Um, my back's pretty bad. Off, look at MRIs, X-rays. I've got like little bone spurs sticking out of her. Okay. Um, so, getting that under control, figuring out a way to move every day like without pain—that's okay. what I'm. I'm working more on that.
0: Are you going to have to do more surgery?
1: I'm trying everything I can. Like back fusion, like it's too early for that. Like I'm trying to avoid that. Yoga's really my best medicine uh, to kind of if, if I can loosen up my glutes, strengthen my posterior chain strengthen my core, these type of things help my back a lot. Um, and so it's just figuring out every day, like how to move efficiently without hurting.
0: Yeah, I feel you. My dad had his neck fused.
1: Yeah, and my dad It's not. It
0: was a life changer. I mean, he was to the point where he was like in so much pain and it was a game changer for him. But
1: it, it, yeah, he pain. did
0: it until he literally like couldn't, you know, stand to even be awake anymore. Like he was in so much pain. So.
1: You that's why I tried the edibles. That's why I tried the edibles. To oh, see yeah. if they Because infl- I've done a lot of uh, CBD. Yeah. Uh, where, you know, they basically remove out the THC. Yes,
0: of course. I had some
1: marginal benefits from that, nothing huge. And so I wanted to see if there was a different – it seems like the THC, like, the pathway of the brain may sh- shut off a little bit of the pain. Yeah. Um, I don't think it's curing it by any means, but I think that that's interesting. Have you got any experience with
0: no, – Well, it's funny. So I've been – Taking CBD gummies whenever I feel anxious, I'm like definitely an anxiety.
1: Just CBD, no THC.
0: CBD, yeah, just CBD. Um, and We're I actually down. found that's helpful with like the physical manifestations of anxiety. So like I get. I'm like a person who lives in the future. I don't have like a lot of regret or shame, but my, I'm definitely more like anxious about what could happen. So, um, you know, I know I need to live more in the present. That's the goal, but I'm very like future oriented. Uh, probably why I tended towards like entrepreneurship I would say, but, um, I have found CBD to be helpful. I was shocked. Uh, but I feel like some of the physical manifestations of anxiety, like, you know, upset stomach or like loss of appetite, your heart's racing. You're kind of like shaky, like jittery um, when I'm having like a lot of anxiety, which is not often, but I did feel like that helped. THC though, or just like, you know, weed gummies. Actually, ironically, my dad was out in California for Christmas last year. We were in Palm Springs and he like bent over to pick up one of the babies and like threw his back out. He's always, you know, doing stuff like that. And my mom bought him – some gummies to try to see if this would help and like it totally helped cuz he <laughs> he needed to just like relax you know like i think when you throw your back out like it's just totally stuck yeah. like that and he couldn't he normally does a lot of chiropractic
1: yeah. um,
0: work at home to get through it so now they're like um gummy like big, big users of gummies and like totally feel like it helps my mom like always has them on hand in case my dad has any like physical pain but normally if he throws his back out he like can't i don't know he can't walk or he can't yeah. play golf for instance for yeah. like a week or two and this was like you know the next day he felt like all right i feel loose enough like i could get out there i don't know if it was like mental but it definitely no i
1: think it's different. so so Funny quick story. My father, uh, he, so my, my brother's a cop. My father used to work in narcotics years ago, and he's got like you know all kinds of health issues. Not a healthy guy. Goes to bed with two in the back in his mouth. Smokes cigarettes during the day. Drinks beer. Uh, not like your dad playing golf and going to chiropractor, but. And so growing up in a cop house in in North Florida, weed was bad, right? Like weed was bad. Somehow alcohol was fine, but weed was bad. Makes no sense. But i I'd never had THC until I was basically 39. Uh, And then my dad's pain was getting really bad in his neck. My brother took a video. My dad had got some uh, medical marijuana gummies which we've never thought in a million years he would do. He's sitting there walking on the beach like Conor McGregor, like shoulders <laughs> hanging loose, <laughs> laughing an ass off.
0: I know. It's definitely entertaining. I had similar thoughts with my dad. I was like, great. <laughs> Like maybe your bag needs to go out more. This is like the most fun we've had. Like we needed this after. Take
1: some more, you know. My roommate in LA was like super bright, super hardwired guy. And he used to like smoke every day and it'd be like, Again, I, I never smoked, and I was like, "Dude, you need to go smoke. Oh, you need to calm down."
0: Yeah, I know. Some people it helps. Some people hardwired. That's um, okay. part of the
1: that's part of the disclaimer in the middle part. We're not <laughs> endorsing.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so. Uh, any, what's going on since we've touched on this so much, like, I feel like our female listeners are going to want to know, like, what is the status with you? I feel like you have a crush on Danica Patrick from when we talked most. Oh, recently. She's,
1: I she's so awesome. She's dating. Are, do you know Carter? She's dating my buddy Carter. You
0: told me that. Yeah, I know. Yeah.
1: I yeah. reached out to Carter. And I was like, you lucky son of a good deal. So Danica's
0: um, off the market. So what, who's, all, on the, who's uh, my,
1: who's my other online crush? I need to find another new <laughs> online crush. Um. There's some super hot girl that went to Florida and works out down there in Venice. I don't know who she is. I, I creep on her Instagram though. Okay. I don't know her name. I, I, she pops up on Instagram. I Got creep it. on that. But yeah. no
0: girlfriends, just waiting for the right one. Waiting for the the, pink, you know,
1: the perfect pink unicorn. Yeah, you know, I hear you, man. I'm a lot to deal with.
0: Yeah, we all are. It's yeah. part of me being <laughs> um but you want you want to have kids have a family like what's this? yeah
1: absolutely that's my idea of like to me when it was all said and done like success and a life well lived is have some little bastards and pass them or you know pass along for sure i want to have i want to raise some little kids and uh share my life with an incredible woman and to me, that's what success like I'm, I'm, I wake up every day pumped about Mac fitness, pumped about, you know, sharing movement, mindfulness, but ultimately the end of the day, family, faith, friends, that's a core part of who I am. And I, I think that that next phase of life, I think I had to go through this journey of like being single for a long time and building the company, um, for me, and then I'm looking forward to that next phase. Yeah makes
0: sense um okay last question not as serious but if you were a primal kitchen product which primal kitchen product would you be
1: Mm, okay so that's hard because you know i do the vanilla collagen several days a week i know um i love the olive oil i cook in olive oil all the time yep um and i'll say this i finally got on the salad dressing mix the caesar ranch or caesar's a
0: we have the Caesar and a ranch.
1: I think it's the Caesar. I dumped it on a big saddle last night. I really filling in that too.
0: Love it. That's great.
1: Yeah, that's
0: it. Um, awesome. All right. Well, thanks so much, Todd. It was great to chat with you. Um, I feel fun. like I know you a lot better than I did when <laughs> I met you three years ago. <laughs> so I'll get the gummies ready for the next Get the gummies time. ready next oh, time I'm yeah. in Florida.
1: Get your husband. We'll crack open exactly. a beer.
0: Send all my single girlfriends your way. Um, you guys can follow Todd on Instagram at TMacFitness and check out TMacFitness.com for the rest of his workout challenges and the 20-day challenge. Right, that's the big, yep. that's big program.
1: Yeah, we, we give away like 10 free workouts throughout the year. And then a couple times a year, if you go to the website, we're running our 20-day challenge, which is like 20 days of a deep dive into mind-body-spirit, which is a lot of fun. So come join yeah, us.
0: I need in on that. I need these meditations every day. What's Melissa Hartwig doing every day?
1: She does the Mind Right meditation. So if you if you go to the website again um, on that, it has a, a link to the Mind Right meditation. So you don't even have to do our workout. On her own. Yeah, so and, and you can even make it your own. Like I think Melissa, like has. Like change a little bit of the verbiage over the years. Uh, use it if you're looking to get started in meditation. Go to the website. You can click and get it for free. Just enter your email and they'll send you the YouTube link. Do it a couple times and then make it your own.
0: Yeah, I love it. It's awesome. Well, thank you so much. We learned so much. It was great to have you, and we look forward to talking soon. Namaste. Hey. Okay.
1: <laughs> See you later. Bye. Bye.